Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double. You're now tuned into episode 183. This is a full episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Um, sorry about the wait. I know it's been about a month since y'all had an episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Uh, just been, you know, just taking care of home, uh, dealing with a little bit of seasonal depression. You know, I always get kind of down in like that January, February mode when it's like, you know crazy cold temperatures here when we're dealing with like you know negative 20 and 30 below with the wind chills here uh living in nebraska so i've been fighting a little bit of depression here and there but you know i'm coming up out of it and i'm honest enough to let y'all know what's going on so you know pretty much on my days off it's just been mental health care days just trying to you know boost my mood and you know bring up my spirits uh but you know what i'm feeling back almost to 100 percent. so i'm sorry about that weight and you know i love y'all and so i am right back at it like i left something so let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen um first things first we have been in a pandemic for over a year for just over a year the world who organization uh hit us with uh the actual uh pandemic uh label on um let me see that was on march 11th so it's just been over a year that we've been dealing with the pandemic uh it has been tough on everybody i know it's been tough on me because all i've been doing is working and coming straight home uh what was a bright spot for me in 2020 was uh my little baby uh girl nina she arrived in march you know during the pandemic and that was a, a horrible time because nobody could visit us at the hospital nobody could come up uh, they barely let me come in you know it was pretty much you know and i was a blessing because once we got to the, ho the, the hotel the uh the room the nurse was telling us that it was just the the mom that could be there the husbands couldn't be there or the baby daddies i'm like that's crazy but we got in just in time and I remember just being there for what was we there for um, about five days or something like that from I think from like Tuesday to Saturday or something like that and I remember just leaving the the hospital and I was scared to death not being a new dad uh, uh, so to speak but just raising a baby in a pandemic nobody knows anything about this virus uh too much this is she was born in march you know the end of march so we're two weeks into the pandemic and you know we're seeing all these lockdown restrictions and shit like that and you know it's still you know it still scares me now and you know nina she's already had two covid tests already she ain't even one years old yet she'll be one in a couple weeks she's already had two tests um she had one 
uh, she was sick and uh, what it was was just her teething and she had a double ear infection and then uh, she had that rotavirus you know uh, when kids get really bad diarrhea so she had that and then she had to get another test because that's a symptom in kids I guess is really bad diarrhea but it was just the rotavirus and um, you know she already had two tests and my wife was telling me because she had to take her because I had to go to work and her job is a little bit more lenient you know as far as her taking time off and things of that sort uh, since she's a teacher with great benefits but um you know she said it was just heartbreaking to see them swab her nose they did the actual nose swab you know on my little baby girl so but you know it, 2020 has been rough you know 2020 was rough during the pandemic leading up until now now we're in this vaccine stage and we're finally seeing numbers decline and um what made this pandemic worse was you know who we had in charge you know the uh, former cheeto in chief you know he was up here politicizing the um you know the virus when uh you know democratic governors were locking their states down and then you had them white folks mad as fuck uh you know storming uh not storming the capital but uh you know what was that in michigan uh they were trying to kidnap the governor there the uh, democratic female governor there which was disgusting it's like you guys are getting unemployment benefits but you're like i want to go out and earn my money and i want to die from this virus like a true american you know just fucking stupid right you know and so i remember with my job they were paying us hazard pay up until the summer we were getting like an extra 200 dollars a week so like 800 dollars a month and you just really start thinking to yourself like is this really fucking worth it like 800 dollars the extra 800 dollars isn't worth my fucking life if i catch this this virus but you know you still have to keep providing for your family and um you know you still have to just keep going so i mean i was fortunate during this pandemic to keep working and uh for my wife you know to uh she was working too you know doing remote learning she's a teacher and so she always and she always has her you know her payments set up uh spread across the year you know so she'll even get paid in the summer you know has her salary spread out and um you know it was trying for her students you know because um there was times where you know, I would be home and uh, there would be certain like snow days and shit like that where um, she would have because she had to remote teach from school, which was stupid and jeopardizing those teachers lives. But um, now they're full in person and the kids have to keep their mask on and shit like that. But she said she hasn't had an issue with her students keeping their mask on. But going back to my original point, there would be like some snow days where she would just have to stay home and remote teach. And sometimes she would use my laptop if her uh, iPad and laptop were at school and stuff and you could overhear the kids like you know before they went back in person you know a few times they were just like when will we see you you know when will we see each other in person it, so it really took its toll on them babies you know it really she teaches uh third and fourth grade um she's doing third grade this year and it just took its toll you could tell you know just how those kids you know they 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 like to you know just be in with each other you know and i couldn't imagine being a child trying to live through this because as a kid i was a pretty social butterfly you know hanging out with my friends and stuff like that and you know well most kids are social butterflies but you know I, it, this would be be very tough it would be very tough to go through this but now they're fully in school 100 percent. my wife got vaccinated a few uh 
uh, weekend four last. She got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, and um, she feels she felt a little bit of the effects of it. Um, you know, not too bad, but she's very relieved to be vaccinated because she suffers from asthma. And, you know, if she got it, it would have, you know, it would have been very, very hard on her. And um, so right now, what we're looking at now today, uh, I'll go get vaccinated um, later this afternoon. So um, I'm getting the actual the Pfizer one being a quote unquote essential worker in the food industry. So I got this certified letter from my job. And what's wild to me is um, speaking of vaccines is and talking about the politicizing the virus and shit like that you had from the cheetah, former cheetah in chief and other uh, Republican senators and shit like that. Then when the vaccine uh, came out. You know, all of a sudden, these motherfuckers got mask on, uh, showing them, you know, throwing the thumbs up, you know, getting a vaccine in their arm. And you just like, I thought this shit was fake. I thought it was all to control you and all this other bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you sitting up here taking a vaccine when you told your constituents, you know, to keep fighting for their freedom? Don't wear a mask. Uh, the virus is a hoax and all this other shit is not as bad as uh, the, the, the fake news is making it out to be when over half a million people are dead. But you the first one in line. You getting you getting vaccinated over the fucking frontline uh, health care workers, over the doctors and nurses, CNAs, uh the uh you know the uh the uh everybody who works in the hospital the ambulance drivers you know what i'm saying just you you're one of the first people to get vaccinated as you sit up on capitol hill spewing bullshit you know what i'm saying and um so i'm getting i'm getting the uh the um vaccine and what's crazy to me is uh how i had to do it so i get a text message uh, from a coworker of mine, she says, you know, she was saying that she got registered and um, it was the High V. High uh, V is a supermarket here in the Midwest. Um, I think South Dakota has it, Iowa, Kansas, uh, Missouri, and Nebraska. I think there's some in Missouri. Um, so it's a big supermarket chain here in the Midwest in like five states. And so they have an excess of. Um, of uh vaccines and so they're uh actually taking like essential workers agricultural workers uh food workers grocery workers so like walmart employees grocery store employees target employees and things like that and so what was wild to me she told me like hey you know you can the one down in Plattsmith, which is a a town about 30 minutes south of omaha uh she said you can do it there and then um then she said that there's also one out in Millard out on 180th and Q. Now, Millard is still part of Douglas County. Right. So I go to the website and I fill out my information and then they ask you for your zip code. Right. So you type in your zip code and uh, mine is 68104, which is I live down north. I live down north. Y'all hear me talk about down north all the time. Uh, and that's northeast Omaha. And uh, it's, it's majority black always has been ever since i'm a kid i'm almost 40 and it's just whole lives it's just been east northeast omaha has been black omaha and so that's where i live at and uh so i put that in 
that that 180th and Q store, it doesn't pop up. The Miller store doesn't pop up at all. It just gives me um, a few stores. It gives me like four stores uh, closest to me. So I'm like, why isn't this, you know, store popping up? So I type in a Miller zip code. So I type in like 68134, and it's the first one that pops up. And of course, they have, uh, you know, appointments available for you to get your vaccine. And that's just you know and i just felt like that's racist as hell like any other time you know if it's for some some sucker shit you know for delivery or something like that like why wouldn't it like it would pop up with every fucking high v in the metropolitan area you know what i'm saying in douglas county if you're trying to you know find a specific food item a uh, specific wine or something like that it'll list every fucking store you want right but when it comes to this vaccine shit on the pharmacy side of the website it's gonna give you what's near you i'm like that's some bullshit so i entered in that miller zip code first one that popped up i made my appointment so i get that pfizer vaccine uh this afternoon the first shot and then uh was it 21 days later and then i'll get the second shot but i just thought that was just kind of funny style because uh what we've been seeing now with the rollout of these vaccines and i know a lot of black folks don't trust it and even republican men they said 49 percent there was a recent poll that showed that 49 percent of republican white men will not get the virus will not get the vaccine and um what's funny is their leader you know, the Cheeto in chief, him and his wife got the vaccine quietly. They didn't publicize it, but they did get it, um, which is, you know, very funny to me. But anyways, um, and so, you know, I'm not going to, you know, vaccine shame anybody or anything like that. I did my own separate research, uh, watched many uh, YouTube clips from actual doctors, not YouTube personalities, read plenty of articles. I read the Pfizer study. Um, and how effective it was and how diverse their uh, their um, polling group was or their um, clinical trial group was. And um, so I'm deciding to take it. You know, I always get a flu shot. I got my Tdap, you know, uh, you know, my tuberculosis vaccine and shit like that last year. Um, so I'm good for another 10 years on that. So I do believe in vaccines, but, you know, I'm not one of them people who want to, you know, wag my finger and shame you for not getting it. You know, I, I understand it, um, but for me, myself, you know, I just, you know, I want to be protected against this thing. You know, I've been wearing a mask for the past, you know, year and working out in this shit. And uh, I've seen the effects of it firsthand. You know, my mama had that shit and she was going through it. It got so bad with my mama having COVID that, uh, you know, she was sending me her financial information and shit like that just in case she kicked the bucket. And um, she didn't come up out of it. She got it around Christmas. She didn't come up out of it until about the uh, beginning of February. She didn't start feeling really better as far as getting out of her apartment and being able to travel and things like that until then. And, uh, and it's, I think she still is feeling some of those side effects. So just me seeing that firsthand, I was just like, I don't want to see that take me out the game. And then uh, the brother, what's his name? Uh, Carlos Tibbs, rest in peace. He caught it um his mama caught it she died and then he died and he was a little prominent comedian here in omaha um you know he got that shit and he was on facebook live talking about you know how his mama got sick and shit a couple days later he dropped dead so um you know i know some people who done got it some people who done died from it 
And, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, whatever I can do to combat it and to be here longer, you know, for my baby girl and for my wife. That's how I think about it. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't want to take it, you don't want to take it. That's that's fine with you. You know, that's up to you, to you and yours. You know, if you get it, you know, make sure you fill up on, you know, you uh, stock up on zinc, vitamin D3 and drinks lots of fluids. And you make sure you have a humidifier by you when you're sleeping, you know, so uh, it can thin out that mucus and help you breathe. Uh, my mom said that was the toughest part was sleeping and all the mucus she had you know she could barely breathe you know she would lay down on her back and it just feel like somebody was standing on her chest and things like that and so I got her a humidifier and I when I dropped it off to her I dropped off like a care package with soup and things like that man I had I threw away all them clothes I had on when I you know I met her in the lobby to um get that and I changed right in her parking lot her apartment parking lot and I threw that shit in a trash bag and I threw all them clothes away it was some sweats a sweatshirt and then it was just some little bummy sneakers I had some little uh some little beaters I had and I threw all that shit away threw away the gloves threw away my mask I was in my drawers in the parking lot changing but um and luckily I haven't haven't gotten it uh had a scare like i said like i said i don't think i told y'all but back in like february i got real sick missed about two weeks of work and uh but both of my covid tests uh came back negative so i don't know what i was fighting then because i had my flu shot so it might have just been like a sinus infection or something but i had like 104 degree uh fever i was fighting that off and on like for three four days straight that shit sucked but um yeah so that's why i'm taking the virus i mean the vaccine so and you know from my understanding um you know people you know they feel a little woozy after that second shot but you know i'll just take the day off and rest i know my sister-in-law she uh got hurt she got vaccinated back in february and uh that second shot kind of took her out the game she had to you know take a day of rest and things like that but that's just your immune system you know setting up a response so when you do get it you be able to beat the shit out of it you know so this is something we haven't seen before and that's why you know i'm taking a vaccine we haven't you know really um you know dealt with before and this is a new way uh with the mrna and a new way to uh get the vaccine because older vaccines like the flu shot and things like that it'll have like a dead strain of the virus uh to teach your body how to you know fight it you know and things like that but this mrna this one is actually like they're sending in like a little contractor that shows you shows your body how to defeat it and then the mrna just dies out because your body temperature is uh so warm that it just kills off the mrna after it teaches your immune system how to fight uh covid19 so i think that's pretty cool and it's the same technology that was uh developed back when we had the ebola scares if y'all remember that and how uh president um obama got that shit under wraps and what was scary to me is they were sending the motherfuckers here to uh, omaha because unmc has a great um uh viral uh, or infectious diseases department so they were sending them people here but that technology was developed around that time so there has been years of study with the mrna uh, delivery process so i know a lot of people are kind of weary about you know how the vaccine came out so quick but the actual technology of teaching your body 
to uh, sending that contractor uh, into your body to teach your immune system how to fight it started years ago when we had the Ebola scare uh, because with the uh, the vaccine for Ebola uh, or the treatment they didn't want you know to put a dead strain of Ebola because that shit you know even that deadly that dead strain if they put it in some kind of vaccine that still would pretty much fuck you up liquefy your insides and kill you so then with that new technology that mrna then here you go you know it's just a way of teaching your body to actually fight the virus as opposed to putting a dead strain inside of your body actually giving it to you so you'll have an immune response to it so that's been a tough year uh here in omaha um and nationwide worldwide it's been a tough year uh, you've seen some small European countries, uh, you know, do their thing and, you know, be virtually, you know, COVID free now because they went on lockdown and trusted science. But, you know, here it's a money grab. You know, it's terrible. And what's even wild is we had the George Floyd protests here in Omaha. And so besides fighting the virus in the summer, you actually had civil unrest and you had a, a curfew go on because folks was turned up and rest in peace to uh, James Scurlock, the brother who lost his life at the hands of that uh, white supremacist uh, Jake Gardner. Um, and I talked about that before on the podcast before, but I remember uh, being at work and um, I got a call from my my, uh, my, my manager and he's three hours away um and i'm like and he's like yo this is like the beginning of the shift i'm at i'm at a walmart and i'm like yo they didn't shut down the doors walmart was closing at like two o'clock um they closed at like just two o'clock just abruptly just because of the civil unrest and how folks were turned up and then there was a huge protest on 72nd and dodge which is like the the busiest intersection in all of omaha and um and there and folks was turned up outside of the target and there was just standoff with police and uh you know the police was militarized and it was just black folks and there were some white folks out there and some other uh non-whites just but it, it was mainly just black folks out there just fighting for um you know for justice you know they seen what happened with george floyd and then we turned up even more once we seen what happened with um james scurlock rest in peace um and then once that video came out and then you know uh, don klein came out and was like i'm not pressing charges you know this was self-defense and he was like yo what the fuck did you watch the same fucking video and then uh, you know and then people were calling him a racist flat out and he was a registered democrat this motherfucker held a press conference and was like i'm leaving the democratic party and i'm gonna be a republican fuck it i'm gonna come out and be with the most honest group i'm tired of being a fox i'm gonna be a fucking wolf you know i'm gonna be a racist ass wolf i'm gonna show you how i move and the mayor was there and other political uh figures were there that were republican to welcome him with open arms and i thought that was the craziest shit to see on tv a whole last press conference of this man switching political parties i thought that was crazy and then so we got a special prosecutor in that brother um uh he was going and it was proven that he was going to you know most likely was going to lean towards uh jake gardner being convicted and the main thing was he said was the text messages and the facebook messages that was sent during uh the whole uh protest that was happening downtown 
and that that proved that he was just on a mission to kill somebody and it wasn't self-defense and then jake gardner fled up to uh, washington then all of a sudden he killed himself and i still that's something that is just hard for me to believe uh, that he killed himself uh you know that's just something I, I refuse to believe uh you know i think he you know he's a military guy he might have you know faked his own death and he's out you know somewhere being a man of the woods or some bullshit or living living a new life and witness protection you know uh because i know there was plenty of uh you know GoFundMes and shit like that that was out there for him so 2020 uh this whole not even 2020 but this whole pandemic has been wild just living through this whole pandemic it's just been crazy like i've lived i felt like from you know march to march i've lived like three lifetimes like just there was so many events happening here that i just can't believe that i lived through it you know what i'm saying and i know y'all probably feel the same damn way and what's even crazier oh uh, just a couple weeks ago there were shots fired at the mayor's house uh, mean gene stothard and her husband who was the head one of the head trauma doctors at unmc been doing this thing for there for years for decades uh he killed himself he killed himself the mayor's husband killed himself and we still don't know why ain't no letter left or anything uh you know i know she's running up for re-election but uh yeah he just offed himself shot himself they said there was shots fired coming from the mayor's house and i thought somebody done you know stepped on her lawn or something and she clapped him but you know her husband he offed himself and we still don't have an explanation as to why and you know and i she's she ain't gonna withdraw from running for a third term and uh you know i feel sorry for the situation that she's going through but the way that she responded to the civil unrest uh during the george floyd protests um during the james scurlock situation and how she's handled this pandemic uh that bitch ain't getting my vote i tell you that right now she ain't getting shit from me she is not getting my vote uh this woman is uh you know she is just the uh, the epitome of you know uh do for self you know there that this woman is a low-key bigot uh, i remember there was a um she was arguing with uh, a facebook user who was writing in his native language her native language and it looked it was symbols and stuff and this was an asian person i think they were from myanmar i think it was one of the myanmar people or whatever and uh she was calling that person a troll and all this other shit uh because they were typing in their native language they typed something to her and um just how she responded by issuing a curfew and then she was so focused on this bullshit ass orped uh orbt which is this uh this bus system that runs from downtown on dodge all the way up to i don't know west roads or some shit and it's and i'm like why are like she was so obsessed with getting this done and built to improve transportation in omaha but there was already express buses and the number two all already ran up and down dodge street like it's a long ass orange bus and they redid the um the bus stop for it. there's special bus stops for it and it just goes up and down dodge street that's the main street 
in Omaha. It just goes up and down Dodge. That's it from downtown Omaha up to West Rose. Maybe it goes further west. But that's all it does. And there was already a bus that did that. And there's express buses, so it won't be that many stops. She was so gung-ho on getting that done. She didn't focus on the pandemic. Only thing she was doing is uh, she didn't issue a mass mandate. She was so much of a coward and scared to um, offend her constituents that uh, her voter base, because she's Republican, that she deferred to the city council. The city council had to approve the uh, mass mandate. She didn't issue one. Her punk ass didn't issue one. And then um, with the civil unrest, you know, people were talking about uh, defund the police and use those resources to create other uh, like mental health agencies, more money towards, uh, you know, uh, programs that would help poor people and uh, disenfranchised people. And I'm not going to say black folks or brown folks because. They were trying to get it for all poor folks and disenfranchised folks. And she was like, no, you know, and then so what's funny is she stood with police. And what's funny is in this third term of her reelection that she's running for reelection, the police union finally came out to support her. And uh, then that was only because she stood with them during the civil unrest and the ACLU is, uh, of Nebraska is on the Omaha police next about how they were treating protesters and they got a bunch of protesters off uh, because they were arrested illegally and, uh, you know, ticketed illegally. And uh, and so she still stood with uh, the OPD. And so they came out to and give her their support. Finally, the past two two terms, they never did endorse her at all, you know, and, uh, and I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was very interesting. And um, so now she's running for reelection and people think she's going to get sympathy votes uh, because her husband killed himself. But there's some good candidates running. Um, you got the sister. Um, excuse me, Jasmine Harris, um, that's a sister, um, who's basically, uh, she has some, some good plans, um, she seems like a decent, uh, woman out here, um, and she's advocating for effective policy on issues of, like, public safety, um, re-entry and community policing, um, and then she also has, uh, she has a career in dealing with public health, um, criminal justice reform and policy advocacy so I mean she, I like the sister I, I think she'll be I don't think she'll have the money to actually grasp those votes um, because I know mean Gene Stothard has been just building up a war chest to um, really get out here and um, you know be the net be run get get her third term as mayor of the city and then you got uh, RJ Neary who's like this real estate guy, uh, this, I don't know shit about RJ, he's a Democrat, old white guy, um, he, he doesn't have my vote, you know, it's definitely going, I'm looking at, uh, definitely looking at Jasmine Harris, um, there's also another sister who, uh, Kamara Snipes, and, um, she's actually friends with the mayor, um, so that's why I'm kind of like, 
yeah, this might be, you know, you know, this sister might be, you know, Mayor Mean Jean, you know, just with a black face. So I'm just like, yeah, 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 you know, but she has a, um, she has a pretty, you know, cut and clear policies on uh, what she's uh, running for. She's actually an OPS, uh, Omaha Public Schools uh, board member. And uh, she's talking a good talk, but once she said she was friends with uh, Mayor Mean Jean, I was just like, Ugh, ugh, who could be friends with that woman? Like she just seems like a nasty old woman, Mean Jean. Like every time you, like every time you see her out in public, it's just like, uh, this motherfucker here. You know, you just get that feeling when you see her. Just, just, uh, yeah. But I really like Jasmine Harris. I really like that sister. But um, you know, if Kamara Snipes pulls it off and she's like, you know, the incumbent, you know, racing against. Uh, once it boils down to it, you know, she's racing against uh, Mean Jean. She'll get my vote. She'll definitely get my vote. But I really like Jasmine Harris. I really like her. And then there's a guy, um, Mark Guggle. He's a he's a teacher. He's running for um, he's running for mayor too. Um, I don't know too much about him besides him being a teacher. And he's uh he's got some good some some good points, but. Um, I don't know. I would love to see a sister run on mall. I'm going to just be honest. I would love to see that happen. I would love to see a sister, you know, be the head of Omaha. Because Omaha is so fucking diverse. It is. Like, they always talk about that, you know, it's only like, I think, 12 or 13% black folks. But I just, I don't know. Maybe because I live down north and that's where I do all my business at and shit like that. But I just, man, I be seeing black folks everywhere. Like, even I work out in... Uh, Sarpy County and that shit is getting blacker and blacker like Sarpy County is getting darker and darker like I'm like where are all these black folks coming from like it's just getting dark and dark I've been working in Sarpy County almost six years going on six years at this job and uh yeah everywhere I go like the gas stations the um fast food places um the grocery stores other businesses out there like it's black folks like it's black folks working and shopping and i'm like all right we everywhere because like before you looked at sarpy county is like white flight that's what it used to be like just white flight area you know but you know now i'm just seeing i'm seeing a lot of black folks um a lot of yeah just just everywhere just every fucking where and i'm just like yeah it's a lot of us here it's a lot of us than the more than they count for. And that's why I don't believe that national uh, number that we're only 13 percent of the population. I think that's just the control method because black folks be everywhere. There's even black folks up in Montana and Idaho, North Dakota, like black folks are fucking everywhere. You know, I just feel like we don't be filling out that census. That's what it is because we don't trust the government. But anyways, I would love to see I'd love to see this sister Jasmine Harris. Uh, get it. I like her. But like I said, if uh, Kamara Snipes, you know, she's she's the incumbent, you know, running against uh, Mean Jean, I, I, I will fuck with her. I will fuck with it. You know, she would definitely get my vote. But uh, definitely in the, um, the midterms or whatever you want to call it, you know, to, when it comes down to the last, you know, mayoral candidate candidates. But I think all of them will be on that ballot. I'm definitely going to vote for uh, Jasmine Harris. though. I, I like her. I like her a lot. Seems like a really good sister got a head on her shoulders, so she'll definitely have my vote. You know who won't though? That motherfucker mean Jean. She ain't getting a goddamn thing from me, boy. I tell you that much. Um let's see here. 
man uh let's see what else is going on here um i guess we can talk about the kirk franklin situation i ain't gonna talk about it too much but um talk about it real briefly so kirk franklin he's in the news and it's not for like cheating or jacking off to internet porn or some shit like that dealing with his sex addiction and shit like that it's actually um his uh punk ass son who's 33 years old and he's estranged if y'all hear that coughing that's just my old ass dog boo she is 15 going on 16 and all she's doing is coughing boo go lay down go go and she gets she's just old as shit and she just calls for attention like soon as you start playing with her and like petting her and everything like that like she's fine she won't call for nothing but when she wants some attention she just hacks up just nothing just dry heaving and all this other shit and Nina being here just just makes it 10 times worse because she's like super jealous of Nina and so she just throws on the theatrics even more even more like took her to the vet and they said she might have lung cancer but shit that was that was like a year and a half ago almost two years ago like and then it was just like okay well if you had lung cancer your ass would have dropped dead long ago and then I read about how dogs will create a fake cough uh to get attention and uh and it, so many times like if she's at the dog park or uh my wife's uh friend watches her who has a couple dogs she'd be like no she wasn't coughing at all or like if we uh go on vacation or some shit this was like uh where did we go yeah when we went to uh napa valley and um who watched her my mama watched her watched boo I think, yeah, I think my mama or uh, my brother did, and uh, they was like, nah, she ain't cough at all, she was fine, you know what I'm saying, it's just like, okay, alright, bitch, <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, so with the Kirk Franklin situation, his son, he has a 33-year-old son, and he's estranged with, uh, I don't know why they're estranged, uh, but uh, I guess they've been having problems off and on and so his uh, his son was uh, recording himself getting cursed out by uh, Father Kirk and uh, the revolution you know so he was cussing his ass out and then Kirk Franklin got on social media to apologize for it and I was like nigga you don't owe nobody no apology like you was setting that, that fuck nigga right and you setting him straight like and I know many of us then got cursed out in church by our mama or grandmama i didn't got cursed out in the church parking lot like uh, like this like i i don't know what he thought was gonna happen but if niggas forgave kirk franklin for you know being a sex addict for internet porn like what you think cussing your punk ass out gonna do like like the gospel community the christ the black christian community ain't gonna be like oh my god kirk franklin like everybody curses and reads the bible drink and smoke a little bit like like what what did you think was gonna happen like that i think that was just a whole ass move when people move like that when they be airing out uh their parents uh or their families uh dirty laundry just publicly that's always some whole shit to gain some sympathy from somebody else uh that's when you, you just really need to break down you need to go see um you know you need to see a mental health professional once you get to the point where you're trying to expose people on social media and you putting your uh, parents business and your family's business and your business out there like that uh you need to go seek professional help 
just because how I was raised, um, family business stays family business. You know what I'm saying? When you're out, like y'all can discuss it between each other all, you know, as many times as you want, yell, shout, curse at each other and, you know, get that shit up out your system. But when you step out that door, you're a united front. You know what I'm saying? You're a united front. It's, it's your last name against the world when you step outside you know what i'm saying because life as hard as it is it is you need you know them pillars and that support base and if it's toxic as hell that's when you go seek a mental health professional and you charge them family members to the game but you don't expose that shit all over social media to try to ruin somebody and i know your daddy breaking you off some bread with your bum ass i know that you know what i'm saying it's just you know it's one of them situations where you was just being a hoe you was in your feelings and you was you was acting like a little bitch like that's what it was you was acting like a little hoe ass bitch oh i'm gonna expose my daddy i'm gonna fuck his money up he got these other kids and he taking care of them and being on the red carpet what about me daddy i'm 33 what about me daddy i'm only 33 like nigga that's some shit like a 13 year old would do or some shit like that you know what i'm saying like you're moving like a fucking hoe you know what I'm saying? And I don't think you got a check cut or anything. I don't, you didn't give it to People Magazine, TMZ, or no shit like that. You just posted it on the ground. Your dumb ass didn't even get paid. So you just moving like a slut. You ain't even moving like a hoe. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, get the fuck out of here. You know, and you a man. Like, you're a man. You ain't a child. You a grown-ass 33-year-old man. I'm going to send this voicemail out to my daddy. He cussing me out like stop being such a punk bitch like if you got that that them kind of issues with your daddy you go see him man to man and you talk to him you know what I'm saying face to face don't help, help me y'all we gonna cancel Kirk Franklin cause my daddy be cussing at me and he a Christian you know it's just you just moving like a whole ass bitch out here a whole ass bitch that's all I gotta say about that but um Y'all see that shit with that high school announcer when that nigga was out here. Uh, there was a, a girls basketball team that knelt during the national anthem and he called them some niggers. He called them with the hard ER. That was amazing to me that he did that. Didn't know his headset was on. Released a, 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 a public statement talking about his blood sugar was low, his diabetes, his blood sugar was spiking, or either it was low or it was spiking, and it caused him to get aggravated and say the word nigga. <sighs> like, the system of racism, white supremacy, it's based on um, a, a, log a logical movements. Like it just does it there is I won't even say illogical, it's just deception. It's just lies, deception just on top of each other. And a lot of times, like Dr. Uh, Welsing uh, was telling us, you know, black folks will drive themselves crazy trying to rationalize and understand racism, white supremacy when it's based on deception and lies. This man blatantly said a racial slur, called these group of girls, and there were some white girls in there too that knelt during the national anthem. Uh, he called them niggers, but his diabetes made him do that. You know how crazy that is? Your diabetes 
made you call them girls niggers because you didn't have you know you didn't have a protein bar you didn't have you needed a glass of orange juice like just the lies is just deception and it makes no fucking sense that's why we have to stop going going we we gotta quit going along with the system you know what i'm saying and when i say that we have to start just calling people out and just call them like dude you're a fucking racist i'm not racist it was diabetes no you're racist that's what you are you're a racist that's just what it boils down to we want to play these little goofy ass games of oh he's a right he's a hardcore right winger no you're just a racist that's all it is you're just a racist white supremacist you know we like to play these little word games so we don't hurt their fucking feelings this man blatantly said niggers and then he blamed it on a health condition not Tourette's diabetes blood sugar issues the sugars it, like it's just it's amazing to me the hoops that white folks will jump through to say that they're not racist you know it's just like uh like like when you uh see people supporting trump for that second term in 2020 you like nigga for real and you're just like oh well you're a racist you're just a racist you've seen how he moved for the past four years okay this guy's just a racist and then with black folks you know who supported him like okay you're a cow you're a collaborator of white supremacy that's what you are you're a collaborator you're a collaborator of white supremacy that's what it is you think you want to be safe you know by kissing ass and being that house negro that's what you think you want to be safe you're scared to be free that's what it is you know, and that so many times those black conservatives love to be like, you need to get off that Democratic plantation. Why? To go to a fucking uh, a, a, another plantation? Like, that's what you want. You know, well, I'm free over here. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're blatantly being a shield for uh, white supremacy. That's what it is. You're on the front lines. You're being a scapegoat. This guy ain't racist. I'm his friend. You know, it's just like, get the fuck out of here. And every time you call out a white person for being racist, I'm not racist. I like Candace Owens. I'm not racist. I, I like uh, the Hodge twins or whatever them niggas names is. You know, I'm not racist. Insert white, insert black person that hates black people. You know, it's like, get the fuck out of here with your mascot. Just like, don't like my message to black folks and other non-whites don't try to make sense of white supremacy because it's all based on deception like Nilly fuller tells us if you don't understand racism white supremacy and everything that it entails is just going to confuse you and everything else that you think you know is only going to confuse you and that's why we're running around confused right now we don't know what to fucking do we don't know what the fucking to do but um i'm worried about this new administration uh you know you know we have jim crow joe and tough on crime kamala in there and we're starting to see lawmakers present these bills that would make insulting a cop a crime um taking away you know your freedoms when you're protesting we're starting to see that a lot like what what these lawmakers are going to do is they're going to add more protections uh for police and take away more freedoms from the people and what they're going to use 
to get bipartisan support. And I want y'all to pay attention to that. They're going to use the George Floyd protest to get the right wingers on hand. And then they're going to use the, the storming of the Capitol to get the so-called progressive Democrats on board, too. So we're going to see an uh, era of law and order that we've never saw before It's going to be a finesse. This is what we're going to see. We're seeing more and more bills being presented on a state level and on a federal level to offer more protections to law enforcement uh, during protests, civil unrest, shit like that. And those are the two examples that they're going to use to get both sides of the aisle to fall in line. So I, I want y'all to mark my words on that. I want y'all to remember that. Um, that's, that's what I'm worried about with this Biden-Harris administration because they're both known to be tough on crime, both of them. And they're going to use both of those events to get both sides of the aisles to really kind of come down on folks. And you know what's crazy, speaking of law enforcement, is um, there was an article from Noise Omaha and they were talking about how Omaha police were uh, surveilling um, people online who went to different protests. And I told y'all this for years, um, back when my wife and I used to be out protesting for like um, Trayvon Martin, um, Big Mike, Mike Brown, um, uh, well, Sandra Bland, um, just when we were out to these different protests, um, when I was living, when we were living downtown, so we made the mistake, or I made the mistake of, like, joining, like, Facebook, um, invites to different protests and shit like that, uh, just wasn't wise enough then to what I know now about counterintelligence, and so, you know, I would sign up, you know, I'm going to be at this protest. You, you know, there were some protests we, me and my wife would show up to and it would be like six or seven of us. But the people said that they were going. It would be like eight, 80 to like 200 people saying that they're going. And when you show up, you actually show up. It would be like seven or eight of us. And the one that stood out the most from us was the one that uh the brother deshaun uh uh who does fpd for the people uh ftp for the people um there was one he threw there was an event and the police was already watching him they stay watching him he lives in california now but he always comes back to visit and he's been a a thorn in the side of mean gene in the Omaha police department for years um by exercising his rights and teaching other people their rights and the law but he had an event where we were going to disrupt the uh the lighting ceremony downtown they always did these lights downtown where um like around thanksgiving they would uh light it up you know from thanksgiving until new year's like it'll be all these christmas lights and shit like that so he gets to permit you know the permission to uh protest and there was like it was it like the group thing i never forget it i think it was supposed to be like 80 people was supposed to be there it was me my wife deshaun and like three or four other people out there protesting with our signs about what happened in ferguson to mike brown i'll never forget that 
and I was just like, where the fuck is everybody else at? And so we're out there protesting and people are walking up to us and they're like, yeah, that's right. Power to the people and all this other shit. And we didn't get any negative feedback. And, you know, cops were coming up to us, trying to talk to us. We wouldn't talk to them. And that's when it kind of flipped the switch on me. And I was just like, what? Why the fuck did nobody else show up? And then you start thinking like, huh? Maybe, you know, maybe people was just capping, you know, high capping or, you know, bullshitting in other words, or um, people just, you know, or it was just trolls um, or it was the cops and just reading this noise article. And it was talking about how they surveilled people online and how they moved online without their knowledge. And after that protest and then there was another protest on uh, Center Street. And there's always a clip. There's always a, a picture. It's a meme of a crip and a blood uh, tying the rags up together. And that, that was here in Omaha uh, off of 120th and Center. And I think that was in solidarity with Ferguson, was it? For Mike Brown? Or never been so many we've been to. But yeah, that, I think that was that. And people always use that as a meme. They use that picture when, you know, opposites come together for a common goal and shit like that. Um, but yeah, after that one that we signed, that I signed up on Facebook for. And there was another, I can't remember the other protests. I can't. But for almost a year, a cop would sit outside our apartment every day which is because our apartment was right on the corner of 8th and Pacific and we had one of those corner apartments where you could just walk straight out into the street like we didn't have to go through the building or anything like that our door led to outside we had a little stoop and everything it was cute had a little porch area and shit like that but yeah, a cop would sit outside and be a different cop every day. So I knew it was some bullshit. They would sit outside of my apartment um, every single day for, I think, almost a year. And I would take a picture every day and send to my mom just in case some bullshit popped off or I went missing. Yeah, and it was an intimidation thing. And every time I would come out, if I would lock eyes with the cop, they would wave and smile. But every fucking day, they would sit outside my apartment, parked either on the right in front of my house or right in front of this big ass bay window that I had. And then when I would pull, because I didn't go to work until later. I always worked second shift. So I always worked from like 2 to 11. Uh, I was a warehouse manager over at the Mart, and I always worked, yeah, I always worked late at, I always would close, so, um, I would come in later, I would come in at one, yeah, it was either one or two, and when I would leave, they would leave, but they would be sitting out there for a couple hours, they would show up about 10, and then when I would leave, or if I would, you know, go get something to eat and leave, they would leave too, and i come back and park like sometimes in the mornings yeah that that was just it was just an intimidation tactic but i wasn't fucking scared but it was one of those things where it's just like okay this is video this is picture evidence of cops just sitting outside my crib 
So that Noise Omaha article, it didn't surprise me at all. It didn't surprise me at all. You know, them, you know, um, tracking people down and shit like that, monitoring them online. And I think they even hacked some emails too. So y'all be safe out there. But shit, I've been talking on this damn Summer Jam screen for almost an hour. So we had, what, the 55 minute mark. So let me chill. Let me leave it to this nigga Hove who's still out here cosplaying his Basquiat. You know, salute to his wife, you know, for being the most decorated female artist when it comes to the Grammys. So shout out to her. But uh Hove, what you gotta say? Don't be the next contestant on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like dope. I know it's been a minute since I saw you, but I know you got that STEMI money and you're doing all right, Tyrone. So I appreciate you, brother, for coming back and blessing the pod. All right. So uh, selling hope like dope, we have to give it to Westside Middle School. Uh, you know, they just had the audacity back. This is back in early February of last month. Uh, they displayed a quote from Hitler. So Westside Middle School is a school district here in Omaha that... Uh, is uh west it's in a it's uh it used to be the white flight area but it, it's not anymore it's like midtown now because how omaha keeps expanding westward um but back in the day when i was a kid that used to be the west side of town it was his own district 66 it didn't want to be part of ops this is where people were you know a lot of the doctors lawyers and just general white folks uh you know would send their children to uh there would be sprinkles of black folks and asians in them schools but it's predominantly white so now you got these uh now white flight is out in millard so you got like millard north millard south and all that other shit like that but this is uh uh, enclave of uh, of uh, just white folks. So they at the middle school at West Side Middle School. Just to give you a little history. Um, so there was a, a a whiteboard in the middle of the hallway with a quote from uh, Adolf Hitler that said, "The man who has no sense of history is like a man with no ears or eyes." So. Uh, you know somebody posted this picture on twitter it did some numbers and then uh all of a sudden you know the uh the the, the administration for west side was sending out letters talking about they about to get with the uh anti-defamation league and uh learn how they can be more diverse and all this other shit let me just tell you something white folks are tired of being diverse white folks are tired of uh you know going along to get along they they're tired of being closet white supremacists and this ain't all white folks but the white supremacists they're tired of uh you know being a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing they're tired of systematic uh systematically oppressing non-white specifically black folks they just you know they just want to come all out with it and this last presidency with the cheeto in chief really proved that and showed that you know people just want to be uh free to be racist that's what it is with this white supremacist they want to be free to be racist that's what it is and you're just seeing more and more of these instances where they're just coming out like you know what i like hitler he was all right and then uh we started seeing a movement online probably about three years ago you started seeing people start uh talking about how america was on the wrong side of history white supremacists were saying that uh during that world war ii dealing with they said we should have sided with the germans because you know white folks don't consider 
um, Jewish people to be white, you know, and, uh, you know, because their blood is tainted, you know, because they're, you know, they got that little bit of Negro blood in them and shit like that. They don't consider them to be pure Aryans, you know, and shit like that. And, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, being pure Aryan, that's how I, uh, Meghan Markle was, uh, facing so much shit. She had that huge interview with, uh, Okra and, um, <clears throat> And, you know, people were shocked about how she was treated and shit like that. And, you know, black folks, you know, running around here playing this game. Well, well, she's mixed. And, you know, uh, Archie ain't that white. Archie ain't he 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 he's they saying like Archie is uh, really light skinned and could pass for white. And that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? He's not a pure area. You know, he still can, you know, sneak them them Negro jeans on in the gene pool. You know what I'm saying? And they told her straight up that he wouldn't have a royal title or security. You know how fucked that up, fucked up that is to tell, you know, uh, a member of the family like you in a royal family. You know what I'm saying? And then it's just like, well, you can't have any protections because you're dark. You know, and then that little boy looked lily white. But the thing is, you know, them Negro jeans could jump out at any time. You know, somebody could, you know, hop out looking like, you know, he, he starts having some kids. You know, them, you know, next thing you know, you got, you know, a large nose, big lip, you know, uh, child, you know, with a, a whole bunch of African features, you know, showing up. So, you know, that's the whole problem with with Aryans and so-called Jews. And uh, that's but my problem is um, and I've said this many times before, you know, a lot of Jewish folks like to dance in and out of their whiteness, you know, when it's convenient. You know what I'm saying? And I think I've told the story before when I've been to a comedy show and there was a Jewish comic, you know, he was telling these slanderous black jokes and nobody was laughing because I, I spoke up in the crowd and he was just like, well, you, you guys are just scared of the black guy here and shit like that. And I can take a joke, but these were just, you know, just insidious, dumbass, like, big dick black jokes and just just trash jokes it wasn't even funny you know and then he tried to explain how he hangs out with the blacks in LA and shit like that and I'm like man get the fuck out of here you know and he's just the room just fell flat you know but uh that's always my problem you know when shit hits the fan you know it's like oh where's my black brothers and sisters but you know they're not returning the same love you know when black folks is catching hell out here in the streets you know what i'm saying but y'all dance in and out of your ethnicity you know you can be oppressed when you feel like it but you know when it's time you know to stand up for non-white folks and shit like that you just kind of you falling right in line with the white folks you see what i'm saying so that's it that's how has always been my problem with the majority of the jewish community and this is on times of israel this even made it on times of israel with them in this west side uh, school um, using this Hitler quote and they apologize for it and all this other bullshit but you know I still I stand in solidarity with oppressed people across the globe no matter what you look like um, but the problem is y'all need to return that same fucking energy when black folks is out here catching hell and right now black folks are on this whole reparation reparations wave and you know we just catching hell from from skin folk from non-whites from just from every fucking side people black folks specifically black americans foundational black americans ados whatever you want to call us native black americans in the words of uh, the great um dr claude anderson 
and it talks about how you know who deserves reparations it's the the black folks who are descendants of the the Folsom people and who are descendants of slaves like on my side of the family I shouldn't really be saying this out loud on my mama's side of the family like with my great great grandma uh she was born and we we say some people say 1900 other people say 1899 is her true birth date but she was born you know down in mississippi they really weren't checking you know for birth certificates and shit like that so most of us say 1899 when she was born but i remember my mama when i was a kid talking to my great great grandma um talking to her about her parents she was like was your parents slaves she was like no she was like my grandparents wasn't even slaves and they were free black people right and so and if you ever saw a picture of my great great grandma like she looks like those like those real dark skinned like native black americans you know how they show uh uh them characters like on uh like um uh like fucking peter pan you know how they had the indian dude looking like that with that big ass nose and shit like that like that's how my great great grandma looked and she had the the same just just white as snow hair two plaque braids just really uh just like have you see those old pictures of like the really dark skin native uh native americans and them native black americans so like that's my lineage on my daddy's side there's a there's a it's it's just mutts we just mutts over there because because <laughs> my grandmama is a product of misogy uh, miscegenation so her her parents were mixed but she was adopted by black folks though so she was raised black so but anyways um so going back to this reparations argument it's just you know black folks are defining who they are in america so now all these other groups are talking about well you know how do you like what does reparations look like so they start playing that game then we define that it looks like cash it looks like land and cash that's what it looked like so then the next argument well, who gets it so this is where we at right now and it's like foundational black americans slash ados right so people who can trace their lineage back to slavery you know back until 1865 you know who can trace their lineage back there boom that's who gets it then it's like well what about me my people came over on the boat in you know 1940 nigga you ain't getting shit like no you're not getting shit like you should seek reparations from the country you came from in the caribbean you know you should seek reparations from you know that that british colony you know that british uh government that's what you need to be fighting for you know what i'm saying it's not you know folks come over here you know and then just be talking fucking crazy like you look at candace owen she's like what, what there was a clip this brother uh tariq nasheed posted and he was and it was candace owens talking about well, what about the irish and it's just like them niggas got freedom dudes they weren't even slaves they were indentured servants and i got so many links from irish historians or uh historians of ireland talking about the falsehoods that white folks run around uh talking about that the irish were slaves and then it breaks down indentured servitude and how they got freedom dudes they got uh money land and guns after everything was uh after they uh indentured servitude was going through you know after their uh, servitude was done so it's just you know now we're in the process of defining ourselves and other skin folk groups are getting mad about that you know what i'm saying because for so long and i see a lot of black folks black americans pointing this out like when black folks you know certain uh 
uh, immigrant black folks do something it's Eritrean American it's uh, Caribbean American Jamaican American they don't say black American you know what I'm saying they're saying their actual country slash American you know what I'm saying and they're defining their own group so now black folks are in the process of doing that and that's fucking everything up for these immigrant groups right so they can't just come over here and just be like I'm black you know when it's convenient and just like I said with the Jewish folks dancing in and out of their ethnicity and shit like that that's what a lot of these uh, immigrant black folks be doing you know dancing in and out of their blackness when it's convenient you see what I'm saying they just you know when it's all of this you know, praise in the first Eritrean American to do this, the first uh, Jamaican American to do this, you know, when it's something like an award or some shit like that. But then if they commit a crime, they just black. I'm like, nah, nigga, you ain't about to put this, you know, you ain't gonna put this fucking dusty ass class on, you know, black Americans. We ain't gonna do that. They just black. All of a sudden, it's just black. It's like, nah. So now, you know, black folks are in the process of, you know, defining ourselves and what sucks now with this Jim Crow Joe presidency is because uh you know I feel like we just kind of laxed you know what I'm saying since it's like we have a competent president in there but when we had a, a outright outright white supremacist in Trump we were focused we were laser fucking focused we were just like okay this is what we need to be battling racism white supremacy on all levels and we mainly focused on uh you know law enforcement right that was the main thing that we focused on which brings me to this next selling hope like dope so now we have this issue of this jim crow administration jim crow joe administration focusing on these asian american attacks right so they said said since the coronavirus happened asian americans are uh you know are being attacked at high levels uh, for hate crimes and shit like that and i honestly i believe that but what i don't believe is black folks being the face of the perpetrators this is what i don't like and i feel like this is being done deliberately to dilute the black lives matter movement not the organization but the actual movement of black folks putting their humanity on the front lines and putting our foots on the neck of the government and holding them accountable for all the bullshit that they've uh, put upon us now i feel like this is like okay all right we got trump out of the office now the, the the bad white boogeyman is out of office okay you niggas need to relax and you need to start helping these asian folks out because you niggas is attacking them but i don't i honestly don't believe that the overwhelming number of attacks on Asians is black folks, but they're trying to make black men the boogeyman of these attacks. So what will happen? So laws will get passed for protections against Asians and then advocacy groups and nonprofits can start turning a profit. So they'll get all this money. So if you make a black man the face of a perpetrator and then your nonprofit, your organizations, your advocacy group starts getting all these donations in because the black man has always has to be the villain. If that happens, then that plays on white fear and white fear equals dollars. That's what that means. If we can do anything to oppress, suppress black men and black people in general, oh, okay, we'll help you out. 
You see what I'm saying? So I believe that there are attacks on Asians um, spiked because of, you know, the president, the former president calling it the China virus and where it originated from. But, you know, making black men the face, the perpetrators of Asian attacks, it was what doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me at all. Um, you know, and then we see in a, uh, a whole mainstream media um, outright attack against the Black Lives Matter organization, again, to discredit them and to dilute their movement. Black folks in the grassroots been calling out Black Lives Matters for years. Remember when that website first came up and they were showing all these different families, but none of them included the black man in the home. Black folks on the grassroots and in the streets were calling this out for years, right? But now since this Asian uh, attack and these hate crime bills have been introduced to protect Asians for Asian protections, now all of a sudden the mainstream media is starting to uh, listen to these old stories from the grassroots criticizing Black Lives Matter and now they're exposing all of the money that they got I think it was like 90 million dollars or something like that trying to figure out where did it go and all this other shit and this is this is purposefully used during this administration to dilute uh, the Black Lives Matter movement not the organization but the movement but this is another tactic to dilute the movement this is what it is to spread us thin. Uh, you know, they'll put some black perpetrators as the face of these Asian attacks. So more black folks will come out and be like, well, I stand with my Asian brothers and blah, 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 blah. But where was these Asian folks out in the streets doing these Black Lives Matters movements? You know, I didn't, I ain't seen nobody from Lee's Beauty Supply, from, uh, from any of these Chinese restaurants out in the streets. I ain't seen none of them hang a Black Lives Matter poster up in the window. Nothing. They just keep taking our dollars. You see what I'm saying? So, this has always been a one-sided relationship with us in the Asian community. You know, it's just been us buying from them and them taking our dollars. That's it. You know, not returning the love, not investing back in the communities which they have these uh, these um, these businesses. Right. You know, everything from convenience stores, uh, Chinese food restaurants to hair, hair care supplies. You know what I'm saying? So it's always been a one sided relationship. So this is I just feel like this is done deliberately to keep the pressure off the Biden Harris administration so they won't have to do anything specifically for black people. So they continue. So the U.S. government can continue benign neglect. You know what I'm saying? Because we were on the necks of you know, white supremacy and this government during this Trump administration and everybody was dogpiling with us, supposedly, you know, because they didn't like the president. But now, since, you know, we got a Democratic uh, president and vice president in there, now all of a sudden, you know, people are just kind of, it's kind of spreading thin. The movement is getting very diluted instead of being concentrated how hard it was before. Now you have all this, well, Asian folks are going through this. Well, Black Lives Matter organization, they had all this money. They didn't do shit for you, black folks. You know, but it's like, no, I'm still focused on the U.S. government and these reparations. And what the fuck you going to do for black folks? And all these black folks voted to keep get your dumb ass in the house, Jim Crow Joe. You know, we got you in that White House. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is done deliberately. This is done deliberately and it's diluting the movement. That's what the fuck's happening. And that's and this is a tough pill to swallow. It's tough. 
you know because you see it happening but you're right in the middle of it and you know you're trying to tell people about it and they're like oh get the fuck out of here you know people are back being comfortable right because of who we have in office or we got a you know we got a black woman a black indian woman in the house and you know that's great for optics and shit like that but how are we going to repair black folks that's what it boils down to how the fuck are we going to repair black folks because i mean black liberation in america leads to the liberation of all people you look at how the civil rights act of um was that 64 65 um the civil rights act then led to all these wonderful things from immigration to uh uh all the way up to um what's the uh what's the federal hiring practices oh my god um Oh my God, I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, affirmative action. Also, from the Civil Rights Act leading to, you know, that liberation of black folks, which really just meant we could spend our money in white businesses. But just that that moment in time led to a sweeping immigration, you know, bringing so many people over here from, you know, from Africa, from the Caribbean, from uh, China, just everywhere, right? You get this influx of, you know, more open door policies. You're not just bringing over European immigrants and shit like that. And um, so we started bringing over our skin folk. And then that leads all the way up to affirmative action, which actually benefits white women more than anybody. You can go and look at the, the DOL website and they'll tell you that who benefits the most from affirmative action is white women. So black liberation is the true trickle down economic effect or the, is the is the definition of trickle down. You liberate black folks, everything else is going to fall in line. That's what happens. And I think that's what the U.S. government is scared of. You liberate black folks more or present equity, then all of a sudden there's going to be true equality across the board. That's what's going to happen. But if they keep us confused, keep the movement diluted, and then all of a sudden, you know, we lose our so-called allies, accomplices, whatever you want to call them, and then you're just stuck, you know, talking about the same shit over and over until we get another bigoted president, outright bigot in the White House, and then it's just like power to the people again. But we have to keep fighting a good fight because like i said a million times before black liberation leads to the liberation of all people so that's been selling hope like dope i hope y'all like how i tied in that hitler quote to all this uh nonsense that's going on right now to dilute the black lives matter movement so let's move on to the next segment this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so holding this l we really have to give it to former president barack obama uh, a few weeks ago he was on bruce springsteen's podcast and you know he had the audacity to talk about how reparations was justified uh for black americans but he was too much of a coward to start even the conversation because he was met with, well, he thought he was going to be met with white resistance 
and um, you know dealing with the Senate at that time and for him to come out and say that now and you know 2021 that just makes me you know it makes me angry because he's out of office ain't shit he could do about it but what he could have done he could have set the tone you know with the u.s government by speaking on it over and over you know influencing those around him you know what i'm saying you set up an agenda by bringing it to the forefront about how it's justified even if it doesn't get passed because there's so much white resistance and resentment you put it out there you keep on putting it out there you just keep doing it and you set an agenda for it to where it becomes a normalized conversation and it's not so controversial and it's not this oh well they, they really do deserve it but you know we ain't gonna talk about it out loud you know it's it's that type of silly shit you know so that's what bothers me that he was too much of a coward to even say about it because he was talking crazy what was it black business magazine or black um one of those uh magazines back in his first presidency when they were asking him what he's going to do for black america and he said straight up said i'm not the president of black america i'm the president of all of america you know so he he was already on that bullshit then you know what i'm saying and you know this was the you know this was him being the only non-white in a white space right but you are the most powerful man in the country and here you are scared of white resistance and resentment that's what fucks it up for me like i could see like the first four years but that them second that second term you should have just been talking about it about the injustices that black folks face that's all you should do and i remember his punk ass apologized when uh he stuck up for uh uh skip gates when skip got arrested for trying to break into his own house and he you know he said those cops were acting like idiots or something like that and he ended up apologizing like how the fuck the president is going to apologize to a low-level cop you see what i'm saying you know but that's just how the system of white supremacy works you know it does a number on the mind you know you the most powerful man in the country but here you are apologizing to some cops like if you don't get the fuck out of here and then him you know he can't do shit about it now but he could have set an agenda he could have planted a seed and could have got them gears turning so when the 2016 election rolled around candidates could start talking about what they're going to do specifically for black americans you know what i'm saying so he could have been especially them last four years because it's like what the fuck you got to lose besides i guess a netflix deal and book deals but there's nothing your political career is over after this second term you did it two-term president you know what i'm saying them last four years you should have been fighting to correct you know for corrective action for black americans for you to come out and say fucking five years later after black folks are defining and saying hey there needs to be corrective action and how we you know had a concentrated effort against the u.s government you know and calling out the bullshit 
now all of a sudden you're talking about oh well they do deserve it but i couldn't do shit about it because of white resentment you could have and resistance you could have done something about it you could have put it out there in the forefront put it out as public discussion you know what i'm saying you caught hell for wearing a fucking tan suit y'all remember that that was like the biggest controversy of his presidency besides the fist bump to his wife remember they they called it a terrorist fist bump the white folks is crazy white supremacists are crazy and i told you white supremacy makes no sense it's dealt with deception and illogical uh thought patterns just whatever they can do to survive that's what it all boils down to to keep their bloodline going you know for genetic survival that's what it boils down to francis crest wilson she dr wilson broke this down for us years ago back in the damn 70s and 80s she broke it down for us you know it makes no sense but it it had the most powerful man in the country bowing down the most powerful black man and that's, it's just disheartening to hear him say that that he was a coward to white supremacy that that's that's all he's admitting to i was a coward that's what he admitted to right then and there in just a beautiful string of words uh in layman's term i was a coward i was scared of white supremacy that's it that's it so that's why uh former president barack obama has to hold this l get your man you win perfect All right, so moving on to not all heroes wear capes. Uh, we have to give it to all the legends that we have lost um, so far in this uh, in this new year. So we have to say rest in peace to Cicely Tyson, uh, Hank Aaron, Larry King, Marvin Hagler, and the actor uh, Yafit uh, Koto. So rest in peace to all of them. And, uh, you know, thank you for the impact that they've had on American culture. And, um, yeah, just some amazing folks, man. We lost a, a good amount of folks, man, already. And it's only March, which is crazy. But um, let's move on to health over wealth. So I started doing this thing on the Do-Rags and Boat Shoes um, Instagram page. Uh, and it was talking about free game Friday. So I'm going to keep doing that. Just giving y'all some tips and tricks to improve your life and to, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, give you a boost. Um, whatever you're going with and whatever, whatever you're going through to help you to continue to go through it. So let me pull it up real quick. I know a lot of y'all saw it, but. Uh, it's basically about giving self-respect. I feel like a lot of us, we're not practicing self-respect. Uh, I know a lot of times, you know, we'll be dealing with a bum-ass partner, you know, taking disrespect from close friends and family, um, taking disrespect from, you know, co-workers, your boss, your supervisor, whatever, and just not thinking highly of yourself. So here's some tips to practice self-respect. So first, you have to forgive yourself for past mistakes and forgive others that have wronged you. All right. So you don't have to go up to them telling them that you forgive them. But, you know, just say it out loud to yourself, you know, and this is more so for you as opposed to them. 
if you're forgiving somebody that have wronged you so you get that burden up off your back all right then you want to exercise the mind and body you want to practice some mindfulness so you want to meditate so you want to take some deep breaths so you breathe in the positivity you exhale the negativity so you do that for about a minute straight and i know a lot of y'all got an um apple watch and you guys who have smart watches they do have those breathing techniques on the um on the watch i just got one for my birthday and i didn't know that you know so many times that thing be telling me that i need to breathe take a second to breathe because i just be going 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 and you also want to exercise the body get them endorphins going because when you know you look good you feel good you know what i'm saying so that's what i mean by exercise the mind and body all right and be honest with yourself and your situation you know um this is a bit that's a big one right there you know you just just be brutally honest with yourself don't beat yourself up but be honest okay and then after you're honest with yourself figure out what you want out of life and relationships what exactly do you want what does life look like for you when you're practicing self-respect and what do you want uh out of a like what does a healthy relationship look like to you okay so and then you really want to work on getting to know yourself and building up your confidence. And that comes with, you know, exercising the mind and the body. But one technique that I really uh, I do is um, as far as getting to know myself and building up my confidence is and I put this in the parentheses is, you know, you look to the past for wins to remind yourself of your triumphs. You know, a lot of times I'll look back to when I won a basketball tournament as a kid or when I got a promotion at a job or when I bought a new car or when I got married, um, just stuff like that. Um, you know, it really boosts my mood and it really puts a battery in my back and, it, you know, my self-confidence goes up like. Uh, my wife always jokes with me. Um, she thought it was weird that I really appreciate uh, birthday cards because I go back and I read through them. I go back and I read through my birthday cards. I have a shoebox full of birthday cards. I even got one from my great grandma from way back in uh, like 2001, 2002, maybe like I go back and I read them like just as corny as a birthday card is. It's just nice to remember that you are so loved you know and it really it gives me a warm feeling it boosts my confidence and it just it just it just makes me feel good you know what i'm saying about myself and who i surround myself with you know what i'm saying so also you want to speak this is the last one just speak positively about yourself and don't compare yourself to others. We get so caught up in this social media age of comparing ourselves to others, which you see online, you know, but I'm gonna keep it 300 with you. You only seeing people's highlight reels on social media. You seeing the highlight reel. You ain't seeing the hard work that people are putting in. You just seeing the finished product, right? That's all you seeing. You seeing the finished product. And a lot of times you don't know how these people are living. You know, some of these folks, you know, they swear they live in this glamorous life and they out here. And then you see two, three weeks later, you know, or a year later, they, they've been scamming. They, they facing fed charges for scamming. 
you know what i'm saying so do not compare your life to others and you know that perfect couple that you see online you know you know she could be beating the shit out of him and he could be verbally abusing her you know off you know off the off film or off social media you know what i'm saying and uh last but not least uh don't settle do not settle i don't care how high your expectations are keep them up there don't settle um don't don't dim your light to make somebody feel comfortable and that goes for your family your friends and even your partner you know what i'm saying don't don't dim who you are to make other folks feel comfortable you know what i'm saying i'm not telling you to be out you know i'm not obnoxious and all this other shit but don't dim your light don't settle you know don't bring yourself down some levels just to have some friends just to have love from family or just to have a partner you know what i'm saying keep loving yourself and keep practicing self-respect so please utilize those tips and it's up on um the do rags and boat shoes instagram page so it's just do rags and boat shoes all typed out no symbols no underscores nothing like that all right so this has been episode 183 of do rags and boat shoes and i'm feeling a lot better mentally i'm feeling sharper i'm feeling tougher um, I'm feeling like I can really do this. So you guys will have an episode next week. Uh, this is a promise. Um, like I said, I was just dealing with a little bit of seasonal depression, you know, and just trying to, you know, take care of myself on my days off. Um, but, you know, I'm back feeling strong, feeling healthy, feeling like I can, you know, um, anything thrown at me, you know, I can juggle. I'm not going to panic. I'm going to juggle everything. All right. So I love y'all and I will see y'all next week. All right. Peace.